Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cisco Optics Podcast, where we talk about pluggable optics for networks. Manufacturing of optics has been historically cumbersome compared to electronics. With optics, you have to align components and glue them down or laser weld them. It was often done by hand because there wasn't enough volume to justify developing fancy robots. Compare this with electronics, where you put tons of devices on a single wafer and stamp them out in a highly automated fab. After years of effort, we finally have a way to stamp out optics too. It's called silicon photonics. The beauty is that we didn't have to reinvent the wheel. It leverages the existing CMOS infrastructure that was already there. This is episode 17, and we continue a conversation with Ron Haran. Ron joined Cisco through the Luxterra acquisition in 2019. Luxterra was spun out of Caltech by a group of professors and students and was known for its groundbreaking approach to silicon photonics. In this episode, we continue with the benefits of silicon photonics. Ron attended the University of Texas at San Antonio for both his bachelor's and master's degrees. His master's thesis topic, entitled Synthetic Vision Landing Aid System, was patented as a first GPS-based aircraft landing aid. From 1994 to 1999, while at Compaq, he earned 15 patent awards. In 2001, he joined Broadcom Corporation, where he managed field applications engineering for the compute segment team, ran program management in the networking VU, and was a senior director of sales and strategic account manager covering the Hewlett Packard Worldwide account. In 2011, Ron moved to Luxterra, where he worked as vice president of sales before moving into the role as vice president of marketing. Luxterra was eventually acquired by Cisco in 2019, where Ron now runs product management for the Cisco Client Optics Group. What an impressive journey from a technical focus to business leadership roles. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. On Apple Podcasts, you would follow us now. Depending on which platform you use, we may be part of the Cisco Podcast Network. Check out our blog at blogs.cisco.com and search on hashtag Cisco Optics blog. All one word, no hyphen, and no spaces. You'll find podcast notes and links there too. For our YouTube playlist, go to youtube.com and search on Cisco Optics. And for product information, go to cisco.com slash go slash optics. And now, join me as I talk with Ron Haran. You were asking the original question about why, you know, why silicon photonics, right? I think that was, I think, what started this. That's this where, That's where I was going with it, yeah. Right. So the, the benefit of silicon photonics, at least to us, is that, number one, it's, it's an electronics process. It's a standard cell CMOS process. So if you compare like a traditional optics, you've got a bunch of, the, like I said, the bag of parts. Whereas what you're doing with silicon photonics is you're manufacturing a wafer at a fab like, you know, like TSMC. And, you know, that basically has, has the optics transceivers on the wafer. And so instead of assembling a bunch of piece parts, now you've got, it's, it's all in a die, right? And the, the thing about that is now, all of the all of the best practices of the semiconductor industry, you know, process, you know, meaning, you know, uh, minimizing process variation, uh, repeatability, testability, reliability, all the different you know, the best practices of the semiconductor industry come to bear on this P, on this photonics wafer, and so, you know. 
and you have, uh, you know, it, it's when you when you couple a, a photonics or an electronics die on top of the photonics die, and you had add your, you know, your light source, it, you basically have, you know, uh, an entire, you know, four hundred gig transceiver that's smaller than your fingernail, and it's and that's it. It's all it's all in you know in that package, and so you know if you compare just that process, which is a very refined process that where, you know, it's all parametrically driven before you've ever diced the wafer, you know, which sites on that wafer are good transceivers and which are bad transceivers. Um, and what do you mean by parametrically driven? Well, just like any, any silicon process, right? You, you, you know, you're, you're basically building, you're building, uh, uh, a device based on certain parametrics, right? It, it, in other words, in order for it to be a good device, you have to ins- you have to ensure that hundreds, if not thousands, of parameters are met. And you, there's the only way you can possibly do that is through like a standard cell CMOS process. And the way you test that is you bring the bed of nails down on top of it, and you could test each transceiver individually before you've ever diced the wafer. And you know every single parameter that is that is required to be met before you ever dice the wafer is is within specification. Um, you know, so so going back to what I was talking so about. So you don't have to go through the trouble of building a whole module in order to test it, only to find out that you have to throw away the entire module. Right. Exactly. Right. Whereas whereas you know before I've ever diced the wafer, I know if that P die is a good P die. So I don't I don't go put an e die on a on a bad p die, you know I don't put a light source on a bad p die I don't put that into a module, so I'm actually taking my yield hit as I go. Um, you know the the other thing is the yields are significantly higher. I mean, you know yields yields for you know the p die um, and and the e die obviously and and the light source the, those are those are in the, you know, those are in, in the high, you know, numbers, very high numbers. And is that because you've taken human labor out of the process? You're, yeah, you're, you are, you're taking human labor out of it, but it's a more, it's, it's just a more, um, refined, um, uh, known process. So in other words, you're, you know, it's, it's much more controlled. And so consequently, you, you get, you know, what you get out of that is you get extremely high yields. You know, that's not the only thing. It translates to, like I said, reliability. It, it translates to repeatability. How is it more reliable? Well, because, you know, optics, the problem is, again, if you, if you assemble a bag of parts and you put them together, um, they tend to have more of a... Uh, they tend to have more issues with infant mortality. So, uh, you know, historically that's always been the knock on like a DML is that, uh, is that they, they're just, the failure rate is all over the place. They're, you know, fit rates are high. Um, whereas and these failures are things like maybe the epoxy isn't cured right or something like that. Well, I, I, I think again, it comes back to, it comes back to, you know, taking a, a set of individual components, sticking them together, and they all have their own, you know, uh, 
one may be on the high end of its its specification, another may be on the low end of the specification. If you you know temperature affects that, uh, you so so historically, um, more traditional optics have been deemed as not as reliable. That's why that's why you know people tend to prefer copper over fiber, just because of the reliability. But um, but silicon photonics is changing that that paradigm, right? And so, so because because you know every parameter before you ever ship the product, you know exactly where that product's going to fall. First of all, it's not a bunch of piece parts. It's 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 literally all you know combined. So with the piece parts, each each piece part has been fabricated under its own process. Whereas with the the E die and the P die within the wafer, every every single component of the E-dye or the P-dye was, was made with literally the same process, right? Exactly. And, and, and it's, in, it's in a tightly coupled set of parameters. If, if it's not, we don't use it, right? So, you know, that's why you run DVT and qualification on products is to ensure that, you know, that over temperature voltage, you know, uh, different, uh, different um, things like temperature voltage, that you know that this product is going to stay within the standard, it's going to stay within the margins, that range that it's supposed to. And then you add margin on top of that, right? So you know that I could, it could get hit with the, you know, minus 40 degrees C and high voltage or low voltage, and it's still going to function. So um, I, it's, I can't emphasize enough how important that is because, because again, you know, our fit rates, we, we've been told by customers that our fit rates are an order of magnitude better than anybody they've ever seen before. And, and um, you know, there's, there's also just the scale, right? We talked about the diaper wafer. I mean, if, you know, you know, TSMC or Global Foundry, they can pump out wafers, you know, all day long. You know, and, and if I'm getting, you know, just a random number, I just, if I'm getting a thousand transceivers per wafer, then it doesn't, I mean, I can j literally build millions of units, you know, relatively qu quickly. So in order, the scale of it can be, you can scale out very easily uh, depending on your demand. And, um, you know, it's, it's not, it's not that difficult. And the scalability you get with those uh, from those fabs, it's already there, right? Because they've already invested. There's already been an ROI based on other industries like wireless, yeah, iPhone kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and the 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 great thing. So we're basically piggybacking off of that, right? Yeah, and the great thing about Luxterra silicon photonics is basically we use standard CML standard CMOS processes. So we, we have our own design library that we've created. It's at TSMC, for example. We have, we have our own standard cell CMOS processes. So you're not doing exotic, you're not having to do exotic. It's, it's them processing a wafer just like they would, you know, a controller chip for an iPhone. It's, it's no different. So, um, you know, and again, that's, that's, that's one of the, the benefits is just the sheer scale of being able to mass produce transceivers. 
um, you know. So it's highly leveraging that 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 investment from other industries, right? Absolutely, yeah. Because our industry didn't didn't have the volume to justify what what those fabs had to build. Yeah, that's that's absolutely correct. Um, so, you know, and then then the other thing here is, and we've we've touched upon this, is that everything. If you look at if you look at our manufacturing process, it's it's almost it's almost entirely fully automated. I mean, the you know, instead of a bunch of people in a room, you know, somewhere hand assembling uh, modules, it's it's fully automated, and so the only uh, you know human interaction is just loading things into machines, right, and just turning the machines on and making sure that you know that nothing's going wrong. But but you're not you know it's all done with automation, which again adds to you know, goes back to reliability and repeatability and, and just, you know, scale again. And so, you know, And even that automation infrastructure is already there, right? For the CMOS industry? Well, it's, it's, some of it's there. Yes. Some of it's there for the, for the, you know, some of it's there for the, you know, the, the silicon manufacturing itself, but the assembly part, you know, the module is simply, you know, for example, we to do a fiber attach, uh, we have an automated machine that does that, right? And it just can pump out, it can put fiber onto the machine, onto the PDI, you know, it's one after the other repeatably, you know, and, and gets gets the fiber array in, in the optimal location every single time. And the, the yields are super high on that. And so, again, you know, going back to the old way of doing things versus the new way of doing things, um, it's just much more, it just makes more sense, right, uh, to, to do it this way. You know, it's funny, if you go back and you look around the 2013. That was the third part of my conversation with Ron Haran. Next time, we'll get into the industry's response to silicon photonics. Subscribe to this podcast, and we'd really appreciate you helping to get the word out. Share this with friends and colleagues that come to mind when you think of network technology and optics. And leave a review on Apple Podcast. We're also on all the other major podcast platforms. You may see the Cisco Podcast Network come up when you search for Cisco Optics Podcast. That's where we live. And you can find other great podcasts there, too. Also, check out the Cisco Optics blog at blogs.cisco.com and search on hashtag Cisco Optics blog, no spaces and no hyphens. We also have educational videos on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com and search on Cisco Optics. Thank you for listening. This is Pat Chow, product manager at Cisco Optics. The next episode is part four of my conversation with Ron Haran. Until next time, 